When you think diversity, do you think Finland? If you do, you shouldn't, because it is one of the most ethnically homogenous countries in the world. Only 3.5% of Finland consists of foreign citizens, and those foreign citizens are generally Russian, Swedish, and Estonian, aka Finland's neighbors. Finland doesn't keep official statistics on ethnicity, but commissions do report Finland as one of the least diverse countries in the EU. There are some minorities in Finland that have deep roots, including the Sami, Finland's indigenous population, and the Swedish-speaking Finns, otherwise known as the most privileged minority in the world. How'd they get that moniker, do you ask? Hi, my name's Antonio Santiago, and you're listening to Let Me Finish, the podcast where we won't make fun of you if you use Swedish instead of Finnish to get citizenship here. And in this episode, we will discuss the Swedish-speaking Finns population. Afterwards, we will have a weekly roundup of this week's news. Thanks for listening, y'all, and before we get started, Please, let me finish. One time when I mentioned Swedish-speaking Finns, otherwise known as Finsvensk people, to one of my friends, he looked at me and he said, I don't know much about them, but I've heard that they all own boats. And you know what? he wasn't that far off from the truth. For a minority of just 5.2% of the population to have enough power to influence a whole country and have virtually everything in both Swedish and Finnish, including every single public transit stop, they've got to have at least a little bit of money and a little bit of pull in politics. To understand Swedish-speaking Finns, you've got to understand the history of Sweden and Finland. Actually, it is thought by historians that Sweden ruled what is now Finland since as early as the 1200s. There's even a physical treaty in 1323 that annexed a large portion of Finland as a consequence of the Northern Crusades and the Swedish Novgorodian Wars. At this time, Sweden built three castles in Finland in order to establish power, all of which can be seen today in Turku, Tavastia, and Karelia. They were built as a form of defense and governmental operations. They took power away from Finnish nobles, essentially ceding it to the Swedes and the Catholic Church. This set the stage for a vast historical wealth that can be seen today, despite Swedes giving up rule of Finland to the Russians in the 1800s following the Finnish war. A lot of history was skipped there, but just know that for hundreds of years, there was a power struggle between Finnish nationalists who wanted to preserve the Finnish language and Swedish nobility and academics who wanted to, quote, Swedify, unquote, Finland. Swedes in Finland have generally done a good job at consolidating and keeping power through finances, pragmatism, and strong historical ties to Finland. So, what kind of influence do Swedish-speaking Finns have over Finland, and what makes it unique? Keeping in mind that only 5.2% of the population is Finsvensk, both Finnish and Swedish are the official languages of the country. When you first hear this fact, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But think about how much correspondence is affected by having a second official language. This means that all government media, transit, agencies, schools, instructions for taxes, and social services, health services, city planning, and so much more has to keep in mind that there are two languages that they must equally cover. Again, that's when 5.2% of the population is native Swedish speaking. No other country in the world is like that. It might sound like I'm hating, but I, I promise I'm not. In fact, let me get out my soapbox for a second. I think that there is an argument to be made in favor of more Swedish in Finland as a means to survival of the nation. I mean, think about 
about it. For Finland to survive as a welfare state in a global economy, they must become global and create a taxpayer base made up of immigrants. To require every immigrant to speak Finnish as a means of gainful employment in the country is not only delusional, I mean, come on, look at the grammar, look at the material, look at the material. It's a hard language, whereas Swedish is much more foreigner friendly and realistic because it's a Germanic language. And sorry for the tangent, but um, I've become hyper aware of the Finnish language requirements for jobs here as I'm looking for a new one. And I'm just saying all of this to make it clear that I see the importance of Swedish in Finland. It may seem a little unreasonable for literally every lever of government to operate in Swedish, but there is a little bit of leeway in these guidances, and that is reserved for Finland's local municipal governments. For a municipality to be considered bilingual, that is, a municipality where citizens have the right to demand their local government provide guidance in their language, they must have at least 8% or 3,000 people speaking both languages. This can be helpful for smaller municipalities, of which there are many considering Finland has over 300, where it can be difficult to keep up with both languages when there's a lack of fluent speakers. Another way that we see Finsvents flexing their political muscles is the RKP, or the Swedish People's Party, who can take a lot of responsibility for the Swedish language's prevalence in the country. It began as an elite party, or a party consisting of the socially and politically powerful in Finland, in 1907. When Finland gained its independence from Russia in 1917, the Swedish speakers in Finland still maintained much of the political power at the top and did make up 10% of the population at the time. Consequentially, at the drafting of the Finnish constitution and systems of governance, it was decided that both Finnish and Swedish would be equal official languages. There's even the case of Oland Islands, an autonomous region of Finland that gained its autonomy in 1920. This archipelago has only Swedish as its official language, and the area can be a bit messy to talk about. There are disputes over whether they are considered closer to Swedes or to Swedish-speaking Finns, but do know that they are guaranteed representation in Finnish parliament and that their MP is generally included in the Swedish People's Party of Finland, even if they aren't necessarily aligned with their party. Today, even though this party does not necessarily win elections and seats and landslides, they have maintained a stance of pragmatism and centrism that has afforded them seats in every government except one since 1979. Recently, the Swedish People's Party has made a switch to a more liberal agenda because they have been catching flack for being a single-issue party. One focused on keeping the Swedish language alive in Finland. For instance, the party leader, Anna Maya Henriksson, was recently on Ule News' All Points North podcast, emphasizing that the RKP is a party for all minorities, not just the Swedish-speaking Finns. In fact, on next week's episode, I will have a guest from the RKP on the podcast. We had a great chat about the party, internationals in Finland, and many other things that I think the listeners will really like. And that's a little bit about Finns-Finsks and how they have become thought of as the most privileged minorities in the world. Now on to this week's weekly roundup. (music) 
First up, the Finnish government is currently deciding on whether or not to invoke the Emergency Powers Act. Ule reports Prime Minister Sanna Marin is presenting a case to Parliament that would allow the government to invoke certain sections of the Emergency Powers Act that would consolidate decision-making power to the top, along with streamlining healthcare from non-emergency services to coronavirus services. Additionally, the government is mulling over a curfew that could limit movement during certain hours. Southern Finland's Regional State Administrative Agency, or AVI, has reportedly decided that gyms can stay open with no more than 10 people. This decision follows a review of the Communicable Disease Act. The spokesperson for Southern Finland's AVI has stated that while they do agree with the Ministry of Social Affairs and Health that gym facilities should be shut down, that the law does indeed allow for 10 or less people. The ministry is currently deciding whether or not to amend the law, as it's written, to further specify the ability to close them. And Japanese billionaire Yusaku Maezawa bought out all of the tickets to a SpaceX trip around the moon. He is now accepting applications for this and has promised to pay every expense related to the trip. Initially, the application was only open to artists, as Maezawa is a big supporter of art around the world. However, now it has been open to all who consider themselves artists. I hope this podcast counts as art, because if it does, then I want to sign my ass up. And our last piece of news. In recent polls, the SDP has dropped in support by almost a percentage point, down to 19.5 points, and just up by a hair to the Finns party, who is polling at 17.7 points. Females and working age voters are among the largest share of supporters who have shifted to other parties. In addition to the changes at the top, the left alliance has picked up some considerable steam, going from 7 points to 9 points. It is creeping up on the Greens and the center party, who are in the two places above them. And that's it for this week's Weekly Roundup. As always, links to these headlines can be found in the show notes. This episode and its transcripts are available at letmefinish.com for those deaf and hard of hearing. DM me on Instagram or Twitter at letmefinishpod, where I am also creating and posting helpful infographics related to what's happening today. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. And before I end the podcast, please, let me finish.